Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Survival Show podcast. Manly Musing segment with your host, Craig Cottle. That would be me. Thanks for joining me. We're going to be digging into manly topics today. And I don't know. I think the title is pretty cool, Manly Musings, because, hey, I'm a man and I'm musing. But I found a lot of our good female listeners are digging these topics, too. It's not necessarily uh, topics that are made for a manly audience. It's just, hey, I'm a man and I'm used sometimes and I think about topics and I share them here. As best I can, I'm sharing topics as they relate to survival. I've got a good one today. Today's topic, the working title I will give, I don't know. That's the title. I don't know. We're going to talk about that today. Now, let's dig into our topic that I am giving the working title of, I don't know. Well, there's a few reasons why this topic has come up for me, and I thought we'd go over it here in the podcast. The first is that over on my Nature Reliance School community page, we've been discussing this topic a little bit and how it relates to development of people as students, as teachers, as those of us who want to be prepared for survival and, and dealing with stress. We talk about the idea that we don't know everything and we try to find information and how to work through it properly. Another reason is a bit more personal, and I, and I thought I would share this, and I'll do everything I can to be brief, although sometimes that's hard. I know some of you have written me and asked me about writing for magazines because you know I write for several different magazines. Uh, Jim Cobb's a good friend of mine. He's an editor-in-chief of Backwoods Survival Guide, uh, Prepper Survival Guide, and several others. And I also write for Field and Stream, Outdoor Life. Uh, I've, I've got an article hopefully coming out real soon for Outside Magazine, uh, written for Kentucky Field. So, yeah, I really enjoy writing, and, and really it's me working through things in my own mind and how I try to share that information with others. But this came up with Field and Stream, and quite frankly, it's kind of a, a story where uh, I got slammed. I actually got slammed by field and stream. And let me give you some insight into how this came down. And when I say slammed, they slammed me, but I did not take offense to it. And, and I think the topic today will explain why. So here's how it works when you're getting, uh, writing assignments for magazines, you typically have to submit a query. Okay. And that query is a topic that you think is interesting enough for a magazine to pay you to write that article and and insert it into their magazine, for example. And so when doing that, you oftentimes will offer, obviously, your background, particularly if you're new to a magazine and an editor or a publisher, you'll offer your background and what your expertise is and what kind of information you can share, along with usually what's referred to as a working title, which is the title of the article that more than likely will not be the title of the article when it goes to print. And then you'll offer a couple of sentences, sometimes even a paragraph. And in the case of my books, I had to offer a whole chapter on, uh, on the book before I ever got a contract. And so what this gives the publisher and or editors opportunity to do is say, hey, is this going to match up with what it is that we want to do for this magazine? And sometimes they'll say yes, and sometimes they'll say no. And you just you just go on. If you keep a listing of all your queries, then you can you know query other magazines with topics and see if they'll bite on them to make some money. 
So what happened was I was uh, I submitted several ideas to Field and Stream, and they and I've been steadily writing for them for a few months now. But one of the one of the editors wrote me and said, "Hey, can you write an article on survival rifles?" And I said, "Yeah, absolutely, I can do that." So I did. Uh, I put together what I considered a really fantastic article on survival rifles. You know, I'm neck deep in the survival industry. I know what kind of stuff people talk about. Some of the new stuff, some of the older rifles, and 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 I knew that I could write an article on that. So I did. And uh, I never saw it get put up on their website, and I was really concerned about it. And I kept writing and didn't get anything back from the editors and nothing back. I, I know about three editors over there and man, they are really, really picky. It's one of those places that, uh, oftentimes I will do everything I can to help people get right, uh, into editors and, and, uh, find editors and publishers, but field and stream and outdoor life have told me absolutely under no circumstances, am I allowed to share contact information with, uh, with other writers and whatnot. So, and that's fine. I, you know, I get it. But anyway, uh, I kept writing these editors and I thought, man, well, I've just, I've just straight up pissed them off. They hated that article. They hated me or something. So anyway, uh, a little bit later, maybe a couple weeks later, I actually see it on the website. And, and so I wrote them and said, Hey man, what's up? You know, they changed the title completely. They changed it to camp guns and, and really changed they didn't really change my article, but it really calling them 12 camp guns. They weren't 12 camp. They're not guns that I would utilize for camping and keeping a truck or anything like that. They were survival weapons. And what the editor said is that Craig, we just don't think you have uh, the gun knowledge that our other writers do. So we changed the title of a bent. And so he said, don't take that as, as an insult. It's not meant to be an insult. And I said, well, I don't, even if you did mean it as an insult, I didn't. And here's why I see all the time. And this is, this is where I differ with people. And this is why we're getting to this topic of, I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of 400 different guns, but I can tell you what I do know. The 12 weapons that I put in that article, I know intimately, <laughs> not, not that kind of intimately you all. I know them very, very well. Very well. And so I wrote about rifles that I know very well, have shot a lot, put a lot of rounds through. And they weren't appreciative of that. I'm not saying it's a big deal. I mean, it is what it is. It, again, it didn't hurt my feelings. But I think sometimes we need to admit to ourselves and to others, hey, I just don't know. And that doesn't seem to happen enough anymore. It seems like people want to have false bravado, particularly in this survival bushcraft community, this sometimes what's what a lot of people will call little man's D's, you know, these, these guys and gals even that are five foot tall and, and they strut their stuff off like a strutting peacock and all that kind of stuff. Um, a little, what we call a little Baney rooster here in Kentucky. Um, and in an effort to show off something that they don't actually have with a certain skill set. So here's some things that I have done and added to this idea of not knowing to help us become better survival-related people. So the key is basically becoming more critically and or creative, uh, creatively thinking on any number of different subjects. 
And so I've got a listing here, and a lot of these I just pulled out of my first book, Extreme Wilderness Survival. I've got several different points here of how you can be better prepared for survival and if you have a I don't know mindset, you'll learn more about what you're, what's going on around you and, and how to effectively take care of yourself. The first one is just awareness of danger. You need to, that's number one, be constantly on the lookout for information about your surroundings. Don't assume that going in the parking lot, you know everything that's going on. You should constantly be scanning into a parking lot to see what sort of danger is there. I call it the 525, and you'll hear this 525 uh, scan from a lot of different, um, folks. Uh, I heard it last week talking to somebody and as we were discussing IEDs and stuff of that nature, uh, this is a military person that I was working with and we're doing some man tracking for, but one of the things that came up was 525 scan. You know, you can apply this walking out from the grocery store. You can do this when you're in the parking garage, you do this when you're in the woods and that is at all times you're scanning five yards in front of yourself for what is, you know, the closest danger to you. And at the same time, regularly looking out at 25 yards and see what what's coming right behind it. It's at 525 scan. Just always be aware of your surroundings. The second number two point that I want to bring out is learn the difference between cockiness and confidence. Okay. Again, I'll say that. Learn the difference between cockiness and confidence. You know, statistics over and over and over again prove that people that are cocky often lead others to injury and death and and or themselves, and particularly in a wilderness environment. And for that matter, in a urban, let's go to the bar and hang out kind of environment. Okay. Being confident leads to moving around in an, in an educated, gathering information manner. And at the same time, you can be bold when doing it. You've got to be bold. You know, there's not... There's a lot of great stories that illustrate the point of, of, you know, there's a need to be bold, but being cocky and bold at the same time is not a good combination. Confidence is where it's at. And some would argue with me that that, that is semantics more than anything. But cockiness in my mind is just uh, physically strutting your stuff and showing off and, and using your mouth. And confidence is knowing when to be quiet, when to, when to puff up your chest, and when to just humbly be quiet be quiet off to the side and nobody sees you. Okay. The other night I had the good fortune of spending some time with, uh, with a group of individuals that I looked around the room and thought I am in a room with the most badass group of people I've, I've been in contact with in a long time. I mean, I'm looking around the room and these are all dudes that are, it, it was a, it was a social gathering, but we are all, I was there because they're interested in me doing some training for them. And I'm looking around the room and I know every one of these dudes have a chest full of medals. I mean, a chest full of medals and, um, thinking, you know, how am I here? <laughs> kind of, quite frankly, I was like, man, how did I get here? Kind of thing. But the point being is all these guys just look like average ordinary Joes. And these are the kind of guys that could, you know, whip just about anybody with a wet paper napkin humble guys. And I, and I've said this a million times, some of the most dangerous men in the world that I've ever met are also some of the most humble, quiet, conversational guys that I've met in my life as well. So I think that's a good combination. Number three, own your mistakes and learn from them. Man, oh man, if you're not making mistakes, then you're not trying in my opinion. 
Uh, a lot of motivational speakers will say something along the lines of fall forward. And I agree with that mindset entirely. You've got to go in the gym in the mornings and do reps to failure. And you're going to, when I say rep, if you're not familiar with that, you're going to lift and you're going to get to the point where you cannot lift. You can, you cannot push that bar above your head one more time. You're done. That's failure. And that's how you build muscle in the gym. Same thing is true when you're developing a skill set out in the woods. You've got to go out there and if you just if you just do skills until you get it right, then you don't have it. You've got to do skills until you cannot get them wrong. That's where you've got to do skills, skills development. Next on the list is paralysis by analysis. Man, oh man. You can assess situations and look at situations and try to organize and be all OCD with them. And it's just going to be debilitating. It's just going to put you in a stagnant mode. And you're not going to be able to do anything. Yeah, for sure. You need to be safe, but be prepared to move on actionable data rather than the fear of not knowing anything, not knowing everything. I mean, you've got it. You've got to get as much information, intelligence, uh, investigate and get as much info as you can on a certain situation and then move on it. And I had a good tracking instructor once um, encourage us to say uh, to move on actionable data when you feel like you've got 70% of the story built. So let's say, you know, from a man tracking perspective, I'm assessing a situation, looking at the ground, trying to assess what's going on. If I sit there and try to assess that situation until I'm 100% accurate, I'll probably never move off of it because there's just some information that you cannot get in that situation. And so what he encouraged us to do, and man, it was so, it was in, in a way, it was very freeing to me and that it was like, okay, I've got, do I have 70% of the information I need? Yep. Got it. Let's move. Let's move on this. And so that's, that's really important. You, you're, if not, you're going to get bogged down in details. You've got to be able to move. Next on the list is have humility, you know, doing so assists you in learning and growing. And again, not stagnating, not staying where you are. And what this means is that when you're humble, you can listen to others. You can take in information for others. If you're not humble at all, then you're basically going to build up a wall and you're not going to be able to take in that information. Taking in that information is where it's at. You've got to be able to listen. You've got to be able to hear and see and take in the information that's available to you. And one way to do that is have a humble mindset. Now, the, the next one, I guess, is probably one of the uh, probably one of the most vital that I can share with you. And that is that you should surround yourself with people that are better and smarter than you. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I will discuss things on the podcast. Sometimes I will write topics. Sometimes I will write in my books. And I've written in my books about information that I am not comfortable with. And it forces me to do some hardcore research before I put that information out there. But one thing I do know is that when I surround myself with people that are smarter than me and, you know, better than me, then I know just by being around them that I'll learn from them. You know, that that's been true about martial arts. It's been true for me. It's been true about outdoor skills. It's been true about hunting. It's been true about, um, developing relationships with my wife. I mean, if I'm around people that give me a good viewpoint on what is a, is a 
good way of doing things, then I can learn from that and, and move forward with it and continue to learn. I'm inspired, you know, by surrounding myself with people that know more than me. I get inspired by their techniques and skills. And in essence, I basically make them my own. You know, I had a martial arts instructor many years ago said, take my techniques and steal them and make them your own. That's what this is all about. Don't be me. Just be you. And I think that is that has really informed my opinion on how I teach the students at my school, Nature Reliance School. And what I try to share here is that I want those people to take the skills that I offer, make them their own, learn how to critically and creatively think about the things that I share, make them their own, and that way they have an actual usable and what is often stated by me, uh, a repeatable skill set. You've got to be able to repeat the skill set. And if you can't repeat that skill set, then you really haven't taught somebody. So that's it, you all. I wanted to share some ideas here about I don't know. You know, because I don't know. And you don't know everything either. And if we have the ability to keep an open mind, then we can take the information. We can always continue to be better, stronger, faster, smarter, and all the things that go along with it. So I hope this has helped you. Let me give you a real quick snap review of them. Number one, have an awareness of danger. Two, learn the difference between cockiness and confidence. Three, own your mistakes. Four, don't get bogged down by paralysis by analysis. Five is have humility. And six, and definitely not and last but not least, surround yourself with people that are better than you. So, yeah, this has been Craig Cottle for the Survival Show podcast, the Manly Music segment. Don't forget to go over and jump in on the tinysurvival.com website. That's tinysurvival.com website. Yeah, Dave's done a lot of work there. So thanks again for joining me. I hope you've uh, gotten something out of it. I hope you take it and don't just listen to it and go, oh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool, Craig. Thanks. What I want you to do is take this information and apply it in your life and make it your own, just like I mentioned earlier. Maybe not all of it resounded with you, but maybe one or two of these points resounded with you, and now you can apply them wherever it is that you work, whoever it is that you recreate with, and whoever it is that you have at your house. So, as always, at the Survival Show Podcast, keep simple, be positive, and stay sharp.